Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sideline to Sideline podcast. This episode, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk some NBA action as the NFL season is winding down here on Thursday Night Football. But we have Austin back on the podcast to talk about basketball. It's been a while, man. What has been up? Oh, uh, you know, work 40 <laughs> hours, 40 plus hours a week. Ain't got much time to do anything else. So, but happy to be back, ready to get into some NBA action again. Hopefully get some more winning bets under my belt and uh, have a good year. We hope to have a good year here. But speaking of the NBA calendar year, what are you guys most looking forward to this season? It could be anything. It could be your team or someone you're just really excited to watch play basketball this year. Could even be the Christmas Day games for anything. This is easy for me. It has been so long since I was able to watch Kevin Durant play basketball. You know he's been my favorite player for a long time. And last year, like, I, like all of my favorite players got hurt last year. Every single one of them. So last year was pretty, like, boring for me to a degree because, like, John Wall, out. Kevin Durant, out. Blake Griffin, out. So I finally am going to get a chance to watch all of my favorite players play again. And it should be fun. I have high hopes for a couple of their teams. And other teams, I'm so sorry they had to go there. Sorry, John Wall. That's tough, but yeah. I have like a whole laundry list of things that I'm excited for this season. First, the Suns, they had a crazy performance in the bubble. They did everything they could. They just couldn't get into the playoffs, which you hate to see. They have a lot of talent. Did they get any notable rookies in the draft? In the draft, I wouldn't say anything like super notable. Okay. They, got, yeah. they overpaid on Jalen Smith. I mean, he's a, he's a stretch big and he should fit their team well. But I don't think he's like a super impact player. I think he's just a good role piece. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do this season, if they can continue the momentum from the bubble. Another one, the Nuggets. I'd like to see what they can do, what Bull Bull can do. He had a decent performance in the bubble. He was only getting like 12 minutes a game and was putting up pretty decent stats. So hopefully see more of him this year, see the Nuggets improve. That's an more. interesting team. They, they need a lot out of some of their young players. Yeah. They lost some key players. They lost two players to my Pistons. They lost Jeremy Grant and um, Miles Plumley. They also whiffed in the Drew Holiday sweepstakes, so they got a lot. They're going to be counting on Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull a lot this upcoming season, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see. I'm excited for him. And one other, one other big thing I'm excited to see is I followed him all through high school and his after high school career, and, I mean, LaMelo Ball – has a lot of talent. We'll see what he can do in Charlotte, but I'm excited to see what he can do in the NBA. You and me both. I was going to save that for the award predictions for Rookie of the Year, but I guess I will mention it now a little bit, but I was going to bring up the Grizzlies. I want to see what a second-year John Morant can do, surrounded by all the pieces there. Jonas Valanciunas, I almost pronounced that wrong. It seems like he was casually dropping triple-doubles whenever I'd look at my DK Live app. Got a couple they other nice pieces in there. The draft. They absolutely crushed the draft. They probably had the best draft of, like, any contending team. Oof, contending. I, I like that. I like that word with the Grizzlies. It's been a while. I mean, they got some really good young players. And one of the underrated things, they, they added some shooting, which they kind of needed. They added Desmond Bain in the draft, who was, like, the second best shooter in the draft. And I think that'll help a lot. He was a really good steal. I, I just like where their team's going. They also have Dylan Brooks, who's an underrated scorer, and Jaron Jackson, who's kind of coming into his own. Yeah, he just he had some injury problems last year, but he he's definitely what you want out of a modern 
big man in today's league. So I wanted to mention that. I didn't want to mention my Sixers. Hey, they, I like some of the moves. That the I Sixers like them too, made. but I just didn't want to mention them. I don't know. I mean, the biggest move could still be to come with Harden wanting to go there. I think Harden I, will go somewhere else. I just don't know what Philly would offer. It's kind of the holdup. <sighs> they'd, they'd have to make the choice between – I mean, unless they would take Tobias – uh, and you attach young players to Tobias, but what young players does Philly have outside of Thibel? Thibel and Maxi. There's no one else there really. So you might have to attach them both, but I think it doesn't get done without Ben, and I don't want to do that. So it would just depend on how bad Harden wants to end up in Philly or how bad he wants out of Houston. I think he just wants out of Houston, but yeah, we're gonna have to see though. That's probably one of the biggest storylines still to come, honestly. We'll have to see where that goes. We'll probably end up doing a podcast on that, but I just want to transition into award predictions. We're going to do MVP rookie of the year, most improved player and coach of the year. I guess I'll start with my MVP and I, I think you know where this is going. Let's hear it. Actually, I don't think you guys do know where this is going. Now that I bring it up, I was really tempted to put Giannis for back to back to back. I think I know. Do you think, you know, I want you to take a guess. Luka Doncic. Good guess. Very good guess. Am I right or wrong? Though? You're right. You're correct. Let's go. I knew it. I mean, what he's done in two short years with the Dallas Mavericks has been nothing short of remarkable. Yeah, he's great. He averaged almost 29. I'm going to say 29. It was 28.8 points per game. I'll round that up to 29. Then he had 8.8 assists and 9.4 rebounds, which is incredible for someone who is 20 years old, going on 21. Man can't even drink here in the States yet, and he's putting up yeah. triple-doubles nightly. <laughs> they had a good offseason, too. They added some pieces around him that I really like. Kristaps is going to get healthy again as well. That's a big one. They missed yeah. him for a lot of last season. Underrated player on that team. You know, I'm actually going to save that for my rookie of the year. Never mind. Go ahead. Wow. Okay. Interrupting you there. But, yeah, I think he takes – Another step forward to being one of the best players in the league. Do I think he's going to pass LeBron and those guys yet? Probably not, but he's the tier right below him, and I think he could put up a good enough statistical season to win MVP. Yeah, especially if the Mavericks are a contending team. Yeah, I'm going to have to cop one of those city jerseys immediately. (laughs) My team's city jerseys are so trash, I can't even buy one, and it sucks because I want a Killian Hayes jersey. That sucks, but yeah. I'm looking at his basketball reference page. I didn't know that he had some of these nicknames. Yeah, I can only imagine. Cool Hand. You like that one? Uh, cool Hand. I like that one, actually. <laughs> Luca Legend. That's the only one that I've heard. I honestly had never even heard any of his nicknames. Wonder Boy. There's a lot. I'm just going to call him Luca from now on. But Thankfully, we don't hear some of these. That would tarnish his abilities. I don't think it would tarnish his abilities. It just do him dirty a little bit, but... Yeah, that's my pick for MVP. I guess we'll go around. So for me, every ounce in my heart wants to say Jason Tatum, but I got to be honest with myself, and I know that he's not quite there just yet. My MVP prediction is a little different. I know Michael like it. I think Kevin Durant. I think he's going to have a a bounce-back year coming off injury, and I think if the Nets play as a solid team, I could definitely see him up there in the talks. I would love to see that. I want to see how he returns from the injury because the Achilles is a tough one to come back from. But, like, this is the best chance he's had since OKC to, like, put up the statistics to be in the conversation for it. And if he has the Nets bounce back in a position to make a deep playoff run, I have no reason to think that he won't be in the talks to win MVP. 
for me, my MVP, this one might be a little bit hot takey and maybe a little off the radar. I swear if you say Blake Griffin. It's not, it's not, it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> I swear. If you look at the award, it's a lot about narratives and a lot about stats. Well, one player that I think is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder and a spot to prove where he can produce a lot is Russell Westbrook. I think that he's in a position where he's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. He's in the Eastern Conference, so it's easier to win. And he's going to go right back to those triple-double numbers that he was putting up in OKC. And if they're winning, I think he could win the award this year. And I think that's who I think is going to win MVP. Wow. You're coming out like with dark respects. I like it. I like it a lot, too. I'm excited to see how he performs alongside Bradley Beal and Rui. I think the only can. thing that scares me about that is he's in Washington, so we're like, he's going to have to like lead them to a phenomenal season to be in the talks. Yeah, for sure. That's the only thing that scares me about that pick, but that's what I like. He's bold nonetheless, although he's done it before when he put up triple doubles yes, in OKC, so it's not unheard of for him to win it. I like the pick. Now we're going to go with Rookie of the Year, and I feel like this is going to be kind of a sweep across the board. I don't know. Uh, no? I don't think so. Then who do you got, huh? All right, I'll start here. So I have a Dark Horse one that I really, really, really like, and then I have my realistic pick. My realistic pick is Killian Hayes in Detroit. Oh, this is this is full bias. It's not, though, because <laughs> listen, right? He's rated as one of the top prospects in the draft. He, so. he's, the thir- he's the third favorite to be Rookie of the Year right now in Vegas, and of all the rookies right now, he's the only one that I've heard this talk about, but he is guaranteed to start in Detroit, which means he's going to have the opportunity to put up the numbers. You don't think like Derek, Derek Rose is already saying they're giving the keys of the franchise to him. He's going to have every opportunity to succeed this year. From what I hear, he's a really good defender, so he's not going to get ran off the floor. You ready for my dark horse pick, though? Let's hear it. I guess. Tyrell Terry. He's a point guard for Dallas that they drafted this year. He's going to be playing a lot of off guard next to Luka, and there's some – pretty known people who absolutely love this guy and were shocked that he slipped to Dallas. And I think he's going to be in the spotlight. You picked Luca for MVP. I think they're going to be a pretty good team this year. And I think he's going to be a key piece to that. And I think he's going to start as the off guard next to Luca. And I think he could have a really good season. I'm sitting here nodding my head and agreeing with you. Basketball is not my main forte. So now as we're talking about this, I'm looking at odds right now on DraftKings, and something just shocked me a little bit. Cause I didn't realize it, but, uh, Somebody could get the Ben Simmons Rookie of the Year, and that person is Bol Bol. He's currently listed as 25-1. to 1. So back to what we were saying about the Nuggets, I mean, if he has increased minutes and increased production, he could be in the talks. He could. I. He looks really good in, like, the very few times we've seen him play. For sure. It's just the frame's a little scary with injuries, but I get it. So that's like a home run bet where like nobody thinks like even he's like has a chance at the award because like you said second season and then like he's playing meaningful minutes and everyone's talking him up for rookie of the year and no one thinks of him as a rookie and it's going to be Ben Simmons all over again. You could even cash out that bet when it gets to that point. So yeah, yeah, that might not be the worst bet. That is a really interesting bet. So for me, I want to say LaMelo, but I have an inkling that I think Obi Toppin could get rookie of the year. He is also one of the top prospects coming from the draft. I think he's listed as like the number one or number two. He's on the Knicks and you never know what could happen with the Knicks. Who knows? They could turn things around. The interesting thing with the Knicks too is like, regardless of how he plays, their media will spin it even more extreme than it is. Oh, 100%. If he struggles, he'll be like the biggest bust of the last 20 years. But if he plays well, they're going to call him the next Blake Griffin. Exactly. So like he could get like some of the media buzz and some of the narrative that like some of these smaller market players won't get, which could 
put him in a position to win that too. And like Mike, I also have a dark horse coming with a little bias. Oh God! I, I think Aaron Naismith <laughs> could get up in the top of the. If, top. if you would have said Peyton Pritchard, I would have oh, blocked you. Oh God, no! <laughs> would have um, blocked you. Aaron, Aaron Naismith is he had a short college season. He had he played like twelve games. So I'm not sure how he'll be really good by the Celtics. Exactly. He's arguably one of the best, if not the best shooters in this draft class. With the departure of Gordon Hayward, I think we'll see him get increased minutes for a rookie. So, I mean, if he plays at his best, who knows? He could end up there. My only knock on that is like his path to winning the award is like the Malcolm Brogdon treatment where like the draft class is so bad that like him being solid on a good team would get it done for him. True. Because, like, I don't think he's going to have the volume to put up the elite numbers Definitely. to be in that talk. So that would be my only knock against that. Yeah, I'm just going to come in here with the obvious one and just say LaMelo. If he hits his ceiling, it's a landslide. If everyone in this draft class hits their, like, best-case scenario, LaMelo is the best player. So I don't mind that at all. I mean, I don't think I need to say much more than that. He has the chance yeah. of being incredible on a Charlotte team that doesn't have, you know – and everyone wants to watch him play. That is true. I'm going to be tuning in. I can't wait. Season's yeah, coming up here shortly. No one was watching Charlotte games before, but everyone's going to be watching to see how he plays now. So That is correct. I just can't wait to see him play. I think he's going to ball out on Charlotte. I think he at least puts up numbers. I don't know how like efficient he'll be. They listen to him at, what, 6'8 in the website? Yeah, he's a big point guard. We know he could shoot it back from his Chino Hill days. So I'm excited. He, he's the best passer in this draft class. I think he's a better passer than his brother. Ooh, he's like a phenomenal passer. He, like he can't that. defend like his brother, but he is a phenomenal passer. I like that take a lot. So, yeah, this is going to move us into – we're going to roll through most improved real quick. How ironic. I'm not going to talk about it a lot. We're talking about the family. Lonzo Ball, most improved player. I was on the same page with you, Mike. I was thinking the same thing. He finished last season on a good roll, and if he can keep it up, who knows? He's 24 to 1 on sports books right now. Might have to I go. That's a really good bet. Might have to go lock that one in. I'm not going with the favorite this time. I'm going a little bit down the list. Two down the list. I have Jamal Murray. We all know what he did in playoffs. If he could do that yeah. over an extended period of time or something even close to that, he's a lock for this one. I just think. I like that. He's underrated. I think partially because he plays with Jokic, maybe. I Jokic. think it's just – Jamal Murray's good, but, like, he's always going to be overshadowed by Jokic. Yeah. And, like, when you look at him in the echelon of point guards in the league, like, he wasn't viewed as an elite point guard. Now, that might change after his phenomenal playoff run, but nobody really viewed him there. Like, when I was talking about him, I was like, yeah, he's a pretty good player, but, like, no one ever thought of him in the same tier as, like, a Westbrook. Like a, so, I, th- I think that could change now. Like, I kind of view him on the same tier as Damian Lillard, like that level of point guard, like right below the elite tier especially after that playoff run. It was phenomenal. I mean, he's not even the favorite on his own team to win the award. Who do they have? Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, they have him as second. Jamal Murray's third. Yeah, I can see that. All right, we have one more award, and then we have the coach of the year. Well, before we move on to that, one other name that kind of popped out to me that could be interesting, again, going to the Knicks, R.J. Barrett had a very lackluster rookie campaign, to say the least. He was a great college player. Didn't see a whole lot of transition into the NBA, but then again, he was on the Knicks, so could go either way. I'm not a big R.J. Barrett guy. I was very anti that whole entire Duke team. 
Oh, same here. I, I just think they were overrated. Okay. okay, like, okay I look at RJ Barrett. Fan. I look okay. at RJ Barrett, and I don't think he has a redeeming quality that like passes in the NBA. He's he's an average shooter at best. He's a good athlete, not great athlete. He can't really get to the rim. He kind of lives off mid-range jump shots, and I, I'm just not a fan. So I would hard pass on that. We're going to roll right in a defensive player of the year, and the bias is hurting here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hurting. Philly has two of the top six in the odds with Embiid and Simmons, and I just think it's going to come down to Anthony Davis or Giannis again. I mean, Rudy Gobert could sneak in there, but I couldn't this tell you. Is defensive player of the year? Yeah. I got one. I'm just going to roll with Anthony Davis. He's the favorite. I think he's a beast on the defensive side of the ball. I know I'm choosing a lot of the favorites, but – I'm not going to spend a lot of time on my pick. But yeah, neither am I. That's, that's a sneaky one. I think he's a phenomenal defender. And playing on the Milwaukee Bucks, I think he's going to get a little bit more shine this season. And people are going to realize how good he is, especially on the defensive end. I like that one. That's a sneaky one. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this either. I'm just going to let my bias ride. Marcus Smart, DPOY, and we'll move on. You could make an argument he could win it every year. He's such a good defender. Oh, I know, and I love him. That's why. That's why. Yeah, like, that's not even biased. Like, he's a phenomenal defender. I really should have said and beat or Simmons, but I no, did. because you're probably right. Like a guy like Anthony Davis is going to win the award if he plays good because he's on the Lakers. All right. Here's the interesting one. Coach of the year. Who we got? Coach of the year? Pass. Come back to me. Come back to you? All right. We'll come back to you. Austin, you got anything? Steve Nash, book it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I can vibe with that one. I'm- Add it to his accolades. <laughs> Might have to steal that one. That's a fantastic pick. He's actually the favorite. I'm not looking at this on Odd Shark. I didn't oh, know he was the crazy. favorite. If I were to pick one, I mean, Frank Vogel's pretty safe because he's going to win a lot of games because of LeBron and AD, but I don't think he get votes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of wins. He's going to look at it as a coach, but he's not going to win coach of the year because LeBron's there. I don't even know who the coach at the Grizzlies is, but if they have another stellar season and Jaw has a good second year and doesn't go into a sophomore slump, I mean, you could put him right up there too. All right, I got one. I had to look for this a little bit. I'm going to go with Monty Williams for the Suns. I don't hate it. I, I, like I don't it. hate that. I think the Suns are going to have a great year. They have new leadership with CP3, hopefully going to take Booker and Aiton under his wing, and they're going to thrive. So I'm excited to see what happened in Phoenix. Well, Mike, we're back to you now. So the more I thought about it, I think I might as well pair it. I said Russell Westbrook's my MVP. I'll take Scott Brooks as coach of the year. If Russell has the season I think he's going to have, they're going to be really highly up there, be a bounce back season, and it'll look good on Scott Brooks, and he'll win the award for a second time, I believe. Bold. Mike just going with all the bold takes here, and I like it. Well, I got it. Like, if I think Russell Westbrook's going to have that good of a season, like, they're going to win a lot of games, and Scott Brooks will look like he turned this team around with Russell Westbrook, so I'll go with it. I'm going with a lot of shock here, but there's another award that I missed in our pregame thing, and it's... But you're also probably right, though. That's the thing. (laughs) Like, you're a lot more likely to be right with your picks, like... Yeah, I get it. So, I missed one in our pre you know write-up thing that i sent out yeah. to you guys for the questions six man of the year do you just want to write this up to lou williams and move on oh i no. so i want to stay with that team but actually yeah i will i'll stay with that team luke Kennard is probably going to come off the bench there and he's going to thrive on that team give me luke Kennard. austin you going you know i want to book lou williams but after seeing what tyler harrow did I was going to bring that up. After seeing what he did in all of the playoffs in the bubble, 
Dude can shoot. He's a baller. He's a hooper. You name it, he can do it, basically. And I think he'll definitely be in the conversation. I like that pick. I was going to bring it up. I like Dinwiddie a lot, too. Yeah. For Brooklyn. He's going to get a lot of key minutes off the bench behind Kyrie. So, I don't hate that one either. One other quick shout-out, he's actually going to be a backup this year, is Derrick Rose. True, true. If the Pistons have success, which is very unlikely, he will be a large reason for it, and I think he will win the award. I don't hate that pick. So moving on here, I just want to get your thoughts on a few teams. It's the four teams that I sent out to you guys. We're just going to talk about them all pretty briefly. It's the Clippers, Lakers, Heat, and Bucks, and I feel like we're obligated to talk about those four teams as much as we want to talk about our own as well. I don't. There is not much to talk about my team. We're playing the young guys. We're rebuilding. I respect that. I respect the rebuild. So I want to start off with the Clippers. Paul George just got the Supermax extension for five years. Mistake. That move, if it doesn't pan out, that's the end of the team. If it doesn't work, Kawhi Leonard has a player option after this year, he'll opt out. Oh, like, I get OKC you, draft picks be looking real good. True. I get, like, you probably have to make that move. Oh, you have to. Like, I get you have to sign him. But, like, if it doesn't work this year, Kawhi's out. Yeah. So no he more. He set Dr. up Rivers. his contract to have these outs in case this happens. And if they flop again and pandemic P comes back and not playoff P, they're done. I love the Ibaka edition. I love the Kennard edition. I think they have a roster that can contend, but I thought the same thing last year. Yeah, there's no more Doc Rivers. Which I don't think that's a good thing. I, I don't know why people act like that's a good thing. I will shout out one thing. They added Chauncey Bubbs to their coaching staff, and he's going to help that locker room tremendously. Big time. It comes down to Paul George. Kawhi's going to be great. But you need Paul George to be Robin. Yeah. You need Paul George, not George Paul. Exactly. There you go. So they're also coming off a disappointing playoffs loss to the Nuggets where they blew a 19-point lead. I know everyone's heard about that enough at this point. They were up 3-1 in the semis. It'll be interesting to see where this team goes. They lost a, you know, a little bit of their bench. They lost Harrell, but they replaced, but they replaced him with Ibaka. So it's kind of a lateral move. I, I think Ibaka's a better player. They added Kennard over Shamit. That's an upgrade. So we'll see where this team goes as far as Kawhi and Paul George could carry them. So let us move to the defending champion Lakers. They had a couple nice ads this offseason. I really like their team. Harrell off the bench to replace Dwight. Got Schroeder, who should be talked about for sixth man of the year as well. He could start. He could start. He could very easily start. They're the defending champs. The Western Conference and the league goes through them. If LeBron James is healthy, they'll probably be there again. Yeah, I'm basically punching their ticket to the finals right now. It all depends on health. Yeah. I mean, barring, in, barring any injuries. I mean, when you have LeBron AD and the surrounding cast, I mean, like, I know it's like one of those things where like, it's like cool to hate on LeBron James, but like, he's the best player we'll probably ever see play basketball. I could definitely agree with that one, but yeah, I don't think there's much more to be said about the Lakers. They're defending champs for a reason. AD's locked in. I agree. LeBron's locked in. We'll probably see them again. The only thing that could be their downfall is a potential, you know. Is shortened. LeBron James finally showing his age? Like, I was going to talk about the shortened period from the start of the season. The finals was like 70-some days. Yeah, I guess that could lead to the injuries too. I mean, LeBron yeah. James isn't young. Especially with the new implications of the fines for teams that rest players on national televised games. So I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron rested on games that they're not on TV because they have 16 nationally televised games. So And they got that big one on Christmas against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. So this brings us to two Eastern Conference teams in the Heat and the Bucks, And 
I feel like one needs to be talked about a lot more than the other. Look, looking at you, Milwaukee. Milwaukee shoved all in. They shoved all in, and if- they had. And I respect the hell out of it. If you want to keep Giannis, you had to show him that you're committed to winning, and they did. Exactly. Drew Holiday is a big get. I don't think some people realize how big of a get that was. He is such a good player, and I'm excited for him to get public acknowledgement for how good he is. Definitely, I really like that they also went after Bogdan. Yeah, they got screwed. Whatever. I don't, happen, I don't even though, want to rant about that. They got screwed so hard. You know what I wanted Giannis to do when that happened? I wanted Giannis to release every team that's tampered with him. Probably going to be a large list. Exactly. I wanted it so bad. But, like, honestly, like, with the Bucks, there's nothing to talk about until the playoff time. They have to get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, that'll be regular season one seed again. Yep, and they just have to get it done in crunch time. We'll see what I happens, think one big thing with this is the addition of Holiday makes it where Middleton doesn't have to be the number two option. Middleton mm-hmm. as a number three option is a lot scarier than a number two option. Definitely, but we'll see what happens with Giannis after the season. Obviously, he hasn't and locked into the Supermax yet. I'll let you guys talk about this next team. I don't have much to say. I think the Heat are in for major regression, and I think Definitely. they could miss the playoffs. I, I don't think they're missing the playoffs, but I, I what I have to say about the Heat is I definitely think we're going to see regression. I think they'll make the playoffs. They have a lot of talent for them to miss. So, in all honesty, this isn't even biased speaking. This is just a matter of what happened. The Heat shouldn't have been in the finals. The Celtics just didn't play four quarters of basketball against them. I mean, the Celtics had double-digit leads in the first three games and blew it. Like, the Celtics just shot themselves in the foot when it came to the conference finals, and the Heat shouldn't have been in the finals to begin with. Barring uh, James Harden to the Heat, I don't see the Heat in the conference finals. Do you want to hear my argument for them missing the playoffs? Yeah. It's this simple. Think of some of these teams that didn't make the playoffs last year who are so much improved this year. Washington, Atlanta, those are two big names right off the top that are probably in the playoffs this year that weren't last year. You start thinking a little bit of regression, and there's no reason to think that what happens if Jimmy Butler misses time like he has almost every other year of his career? I mean, Drogic's a year older. That would be my bold take for this season. So a lot bigger than bold. I think they make the playoffs. I don't think they make the conference finals, but I think we see them come playoff time. They're just Even without Jimmy Butler, I think they're too good to miss. But that's what I got for the Heat. And we're going to roll right into our finals predictions. So lastly, we've got the finals matchups. And I'm going to let you guys go first on this one. We're just going to see what you got. It's probably going to be Lakers versus inter-Eastern Conference team here. But let's see what you guys got. So I'm definitely going to go with the Lakers. I have two kind of picks. One is my more realistic pick. My other is like my dark horse pick. My first pick comes down Celtics, Lakers, a little bit of bias, but I mean, the Celtics have pieces to get it done. It's just a matter of playing four quarters of basketball and having everyone healthy when they need to be healthy. If the Celtics can do that and play four quarters of basketball, they can make conference final. They can make the NBA finals. Beating the Lakers, on the other hand, not so said and done. A lot of other things would need to happen for that to happen. But I'll say my finals prediction is my realistic one is Celtics, Lakers, Celtics in seven. My dark horse pick is the Nuggets versus the Bucks with the Nuggets in six. Okay, okay. Big Denver fan, I see. All right, if we're going on this, like, two-path thing, abide by this as well. So I got the Lakers versus – all right, I'll just say I got the Wizards versus the Sixers in one because I think the Sixers make a move for Harden. And I got the Lakers winning in five. 
And for my other one, I have the Clippers versus Nets, which is like my actual prediction. I have Lakers versus Nets, and I have the Nets in six. All right. So you had the Lakers, Sixers, with the Lakers winning a five. Okay, it's a Sixers Nets. You confused me there for a second. Oh, did I? Did I? Yeah, I was like, you have two Eastern Conference teams playing in them. I have Lakers, Sixers, Lakers, and five. And then I have Nets, Clippers with the Nets and six. We're all doubting the Bucks here, and I'm going to. I just, I don't think Giannis. I like the Bucks. I like the moves they made. But at the end of the day, they still have the same problem. And that is, I don't think they have enough shooting around Giannis. I think they're a good team. I think they'll probably win 60 games. And I think they'll probably win a playoff series. But I I think that one problem they could run into is I think the Nets are going to start really slow. Kevin Durant hasn't played basketball in about a year and a half. Kyrie Irving missed a lot of time last year. They're going to take some time to mesh. And I think that could be death to a team like Milwaukee if they don't get a one seed. Because if they finish like three or four and the Nets start slow, that could be a first-round matchup. And there's no way on earth I'd pick the Bucks to beat the Nets. Yeah, definitely not. Not a healthy Nets, no. Like, people are very forgetful that the last time Kevin Durant played basketball, he was the best player on the planet. He was better than LeBron James. He was playing the best basketball of his career. And if that player comes back, they're going to be very tough to beat with or without Kyrie. They're going to be very... They might be better without Kyrie Irving, which is very hard to like say, but I'm... Insert my shocked face here. (laughs) (laughs) Ralph knows about this from his time of having Kyrie on his Celtics. He's not a winning basketball player. He's a very talented player, but he's just, he doesn't do the things that help teams win. Durant, on the other hand, has never not won. He's always made deep playoff runs. He's always been on meaningful playoff teams. And I just think if they put Dinwiddie around him and they put Levert, they put Joe Harris and, like, DeAndre Jordan, you could have some interesting lineups out there around Durant where I don't think you necessarily need Irving. One last thing I want to say, because I know you brought up the Celtics route. I wouldn't rule them out in the Harden sweepstakes because at some point Danny Ainge has to make his all-in move. And every time a star comes available, eventually he's going to bite on one of them from the pressure of the media around him. True. I mean, we do have that trade exception too. So this would make it easier to get a deal done. And you still have a treasure trove of picks. I wouldn't count them out. I don't think it's likely, but I wouldn't count them out. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. So I have the Lakers versus the Nets. Mike talking into it a little bit. I really like this Nets roster. I think they can make a deep run. And how great would a LeBron versus KD and Kyrie finals be? Just scheming things here. Oh, I would love it. Because I think this would be the first time we would really be able to see Durant and LeBron square off with like evenly matched rosters, right? Because when they played early in their career, when Durant was in OKC, like Miami had their big three, they were just so good. Yeah, well. Then the tables turned and Durant went to Golden State and then his team was just superior where this would be the first time we really get to see them with balanced rosters kind of and it would be really fun to watch even though that okc team had three future mvps but they were like i know Harden was still a bench player at that point like i know i'm just joking around here but yeah that's my finals matchup i like the depth on both teams and it just come down to who wants it more essentially between KD and LeBron. I feel like, of course, AD and Kyrie will determine the series as well with how they're playing. I think when you look at that matchup too, you have to be realistic. And the Nets are such a deep roster, like so deep of a roster. It's ridiculous how deep they are. I mean, they're bringing guys like Levert and Dinwiddie off the bench. Yeah, but I have to give my series prediction here and it's going to be Lakers in seven. I think it goes the distance. 
Hey, man. It's LeBron James, and every time he has any ounce of help, he seems to win it's, it all. So. In that scenario, it would go the distance, and I don't want to doubt LeBron in any Game 7 ever. I feel like it's just wrong at that point, especially with AD. No. Last time he went to a Game 7, the person you'd have him playing against hit the big shot. He did hit the big shot, but we can't forget – uh, you know this little thing they like to call "block by James." I, I can't, I can't yell right now, but it's the block by James. Yeah, exactly. But that's not even the best thing. I love his bang. <laughs> it's so amazing. Mike Breen's a national treasure and should be appreciated as such. You know, he calls like the daily Knicks games. No, I did not. He, they are so spoiled, and he has to watch that crap. Oh my! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway. I guess that wraps us up for us here. If anyone has any final thoughts, they just want to throw it out on the table. Now's the time to do it. One thing I'll add, the Grizzlies are 150 to one to win. Might throw a $5 bet on it. Just saying. What are they winning here? The NBA title? Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if, uh, if we're on that note, the one bold take that I would have is the Clippers are blowing it up by the trade deadline. By the trade deadline. If that, if you want a bold take, that would be what I come to you with. Because if they are not winning, Kawhi's not coming back. And at that point, you trade him, right? Oof. I mean, yeah, you trade him. But, geez, you have to get some kind of return for Kawhi Leonard. Oh, and, and people would give up a haul for Kawhi Leonard. I honestly think the best thing for Kawhi, too, while we're on the topic, is like a low-maintenance city. I don't think this like LA environment is right for him. That media environment. I think a place where he can just go do his business is what's best for him. Like, I don't want to bring it up, but maybe a team like Milwaukee really makes that all in push. See, my bold take was going to be not even bold, but I think Milwaukee blows it up as well. Giannis won't commit to the Supermax, And that is scary. If you're a Bucks fan, because if he won't commit after the moves they've made, they're going to either have to make like that like move where like they give up everything for the next decade, sort of like the Clippers did for Paul George. Yeah. Or, well, it's Paul George or, and Kawhi. We can't discount that. Yeah, but they signed Kawhi. They gave up like six draft yeah, picks. Yeah, but Paul the six draft picks. Think of what the Thunder got for him. They got Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and six first-round picks for Paul George. It was a package deal, and you know what? Still, to get that much in return, think of all they gave up was Paul George, though. And that's what they got in return. Yeah, that's an astounding deal. That was also for Kawhi, and I think everyone knows that at this point. But Well, that's how the Clippers view it, but the, the Thunder got that just Oh, for the Paul Thunder are big winners. Never, but yeah. <laughs> they were never getting Kawhi. I mean, the Clippers aren't losers either because they got Kawhi out of it unless, you know. He, unless he leaves now. Unless he leaves now, but. Yeah, that's two superstars. Keep your eye on Giannis and Kawhi. Interesting to see what's going to happen with them. But as for us here, I think that does it. So we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Sideline to Sideline podcast. As for Mike, myself, and Austin, we'll see you guys later. Goodbye.